testing. One, two, three. Good. Testing. Let me test my voice now. No oh, clipping. We're you're good. You're a little louder. No, we're, well, I'm louder because I have a deeper voice. Do we have to not talk over each other? We can talk over each oh other. Oh my God, I don't know what to do. <laughs> that was good. Hey, it's Lisa from Mad Money Monster, and we're back with another episode of the Mad Money Monster Show, and Mr. Mad Money Monster is with you, me. You really rushed through that opening. Is there a problem? Yeah, you sounded like the FedEx guy. But we have so much to do. I feel like we're always go, go, go. Okay, what does FI stand for? You want to reach FI? Yeah, financial independence. Correct. So, you know, financial independence is achieved when you have enough money that you don't need a job, right? And yes. that your yes. and that your money is generating enough passive income so that you can live for the rest of your life. Right. That's a pretty lofty goal. It's a it's a lofty goal. It's it's attainable for for many, for, you know, that's great. Well, I'd say um it's not attainable, obtainable for many. Okay. Would you think? I, I don't know. You're you're the money. Monster. You know. Well, you know, we're in this we're in this financial personal finance community, so I think we see it a lot. Like we see FI, I reach FI, I retire yes. early. We see yes. that a lot, so we think like it's it's like sample bias. So we're we're seeing it often, so we think it's happening often. But I don't think that's really the case. Okay. Um, at least not at a young ish age. Uh, I mean, I know I don't really know anybody unless they're keeping it on the down low and they're still working their their forty hour a week job <laughs> that uh, that is financially independent in their twenties or thirties or even forties um, that I can think of right now. Sure, I, I don't know of anyone. Um, so I'd like to add a new acronym for FI. You're making this big change in the fun. There is a disturbance <laughs> in the force, is what you're saying. I'm saying let's be a li- let's be diverse. Be, let's be careful here. Let- <laughs> I mean, you're you're going to let this monster out. This is opening Pandora's box. This well, is going to send shockwaves or ripples through the financial community. Are you ready? I'm for ready. This? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm I'm always ready for anything. So I think before uh, trying to walk, you. Sh- or trying to run, you should probably walk. That's that's like a little kind of hint. Yeah. So before setting your sights on financial independence, I think you should probably try to conquer financial improvement first. Financial improvement. improvement. FI. Financial FI. improvement. Financial improvement. Yes, because I think that speaks to so many more people. What do you think? Common sense wise, what do I think? Yeah. I, I think absolutely that makes sense. And and what you're basically saying is there's a new sheriff in town here. Well, I don't know about that. I just want to give people more options. I want them to have obtainable concepts out there. Let, let me give me let me give an example. Okay. Okay. I went on business one time mm-hmm. and I heard somebody who was much younger than I was talking about all the success that they have. And basically they have achieved a kind of independence, a work independence. I remember this. Yes. I was very upset about it. Yes, I do. I remember this. The one thing that saved me was alcohol. And the reason why, (laughs) not what you're thinking. It's I, I, as you know, I don't really drink. Right. I might have six beers all year long. True. And that's just begrudgingly, really. Begrudgingly, you yeah. Do I mean, it because well, it's a social thing. It's a social probably... thing. Probably should do it, and it, that's fine. Anybody, I don't care about anybody yeah, who drinks yeah. whatever. I'm, I'm not passing judgment. I don't care. 
My point is, though, is that this person, before the alcohol started flowing, uh, was talking all about his triumphs and he's got this and he's got that and he's all financially set here and all those things. And younger than you are. And much younger. Much younger. Much younger. younger. Like 20 years. Okay. (laughs) And I'm just sitting there going, I can't believe this. I mean, I'm I'm hustling. I'm working my butt off. What are you really thinking? I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I should throw in the towel. Absolutely. I am never going to... Come close to this. I should just yeah. What am I doing it. wrong? And I'm obviously not doing anything right. Yes. Then the alcohol started flowing, <laughs> and since I'm not really a drinker, I nurse my single beer. And you were able to listen, pay attention, and pay attention <laughs> as this person things. kept throwing the alcohol <laughs> down. And as the alcohol went down, his mouth got a lot looser. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And suddenly, I found out there was. A lot of family help yeah. along the way yeah. and then left um, not only a tidy little sum, but a lot of connections in yeah. the industry. Yeah. And I'm using that example as there are some people that have the benefit of some assistance along the way sure. to get them toward that financial independence goal. And I'm not saying that's everyone that has reached FI sure. or financial independence, right. but I think as a lesson that I've learned and which we're going to be going into in this podcast is financial improvement is a constant thing. It's, it's not just, well, I inherited some money or I got some money or I had a windfall of any kind and now I'm good and that I'm going to stay good. It's, it's a constant thing. And, and yes, you can slip sometimes. It's kind of like this. I, I look at it as financial improvement is always one click away from a New Year's resolution. <laughs> You've got to constantly maintain and nurture. Yes, yes. Okay, and that's like good health. You can't yes. eat healthy for a week and go, well, I'm healthy. Right. Okay, you've, you've got to maintain that. You can't binge and, and go on a, a sugar feast or alcohol feast or fast food feast the next week and then still think you're healthy. And I saw, I'm going to apply one more analogy to this. Mm-hmm. I saw an interview with somebody where they were saying that you know, I'm, I'm thin and uh, I, I eat pretty well, but I eat a lot of sugar. I love candy and cakes and pastries. And I never realized that I was spiking my glucose so badly because I wasn't showing anything in the way of weight gain. I wasn't showing, but I found out that actually I'm, I'm in the long term ruining my system because I really need to cut back on my sugar intake, which was so far over the norm, even though I wasn't diabetic, this guy right. was saying, even though I wasn't overweight. And I think that's financial improvement, that you've got to constantly be in check and you've got to look. Just because you paid off some bills this week doesn't mean you're still financially in the green and healthy. And you, we'll stay there forever, right? And we'll stay there well, forever. That's, yes. So it's a, it's a series of spikes and crashes and you've got to avoid those and find a more level way. And I think that for me in this podcast is the concept and the meat, the center of financial independence in our topic today. Oh, that was very good. It's almost like you were prepared for this. Believe it or not, (laughs) I know people listening are going to be thinking like I'm sitting here with notes in front of me. I am not. Like I, (laughs) I wing it because the point of this podcast is to be sincere. 
Anybody can sit down and prepare their notes. And I understand having some things organized, but we're talking to people out there. We're not talking at them. We are talking to them. So we're talking to you now. If you're listening, driving your car, sitting on the toilet, whatever you are doing, (laughs) you're listening. And hopefully some are saying, yeah, absolutely. I get what they're saying. Well, yeah. I mean, look, I think a lot of people don't find FI. When I say FI, I'm, I'm referring to financial independence. They don't find that movement or they don't uh they don't find it early enough to be able to achieve it without some drastic drastic measures and you know if you're finding it and you already have a family and you already have the the four bedroom home and you already have you know what you, just your life kind of set it's very difficult like yeah every, anybody can say well you know, scaled, move to a lower cost of living area and reduce your, your, the size of your house. And, and it, it's easy to say those things, but of it's course. very, very difficult with a family when you're entrenched in a community and you have jobs and your children are in school with their friends. It's, it's so, so easy to say, do these things and, and then you'll be able to achieve it in 10 years. Yeah, that's true. Right. It's, but it's it's so difficult to do. It's like, you know, I I want to suddenly be buff and I want to have six-pack abs, but I'm 62 years old and probably 50 pounds overweight, but I want everything like that tomorrow. I want to have that <laughs> Hollywood model body in three weeks. That's not going to happen. Right. Now, you can go out and get the surgeries and, you know, the liposuction and get uh, implants stuck in to give you abs and everything like that. But that still doesn't mean you're healthy. Right. It still means that you need to maintain, you have to change your lifestyle. And that could be small things here and there. And that's what you and I have done. Yes. And that's, I think, a much more obtainable goal, okay, in financial improvement than saying suddenly now, okay, like you just said, I'm 47 years old and I have two kids, we have a house, yeah. and suddenly now we want the goal of financial independence within seven years. Yeah, and we're staring at, you know, college starting in right. a few years. Like, I feel like a lot of people are in that situation and I, I just think financial improvement is a better short-term goal. You can still aim for the financial Absolutely. independence. Now, it might be though that you that you're older and you're not you're just not going to hit that before retirement anyway. Um, but it would be nice to have a nice cushy retirement. Yeah, it's it? a great carrot like, on a stick. Yeah, exactly. So you know, if you start with financial improvement today, which can be quick wins, it can be so easy. It can be you know just knowing what your income is, knowing what your yeah. expenses are. So many people don't know those two basic things. So many people. I I mean. Haven't you asked someone before, have this, has this ever happened to you in your life? Or you have asked someone, uh, well, what do you make? And they say, oh, I'm not even sure. Have, yes, has, I, yeah. I have had that. Yeah, that's how, yeah, I, I mean, I it's have. happened to me more than once. And I, I'm just boggled by that. You, you know who does that a lot? Celebrities do that a lot. And well, athletes. They, they might do that for a reason, but. No, but they, I'm saying some of them truly don't Well, know. that's true because they have other people And that's why some, you read yeah. stories of people with incredible wealth who you think had incredible wealth are bankrupt. But yeah, just just these things with, you know, tracking where your money's going, knowing how much you're making, knowing how much you're spending, and then just sitting down and going through these things line by line and seeing where you can trim the fat. I mean, basically, I'm talking about a budget, right? Just yeah. kind of create a budget and see. These are quick wins, though. Um, and then start with smaller goals. Start with achievable goals that you can accomplish in a few weeks or a few months rather than, 
let's let's go for financial independence and we'll be there in 15 years like right and again that's fine it's just hard to stay motivated to do that along the way that's what i use the term a carrot on a stick and i kind of think we kind of went down that path with with the fire movement when i found the fire movement with retire retiring early at least i did on my end um I was just so taken by this that that people in their thirties were were retiring early and and I thought, well, you know, I'm already in my thirties. Obviously, I'm not going to make that goal, but you know, we could do it pretty quickly. Let's trim everything, right? And then just life kind of got so uh, yes, right that we just well that we let's apply that again to something like a diet, right? Suddenly yeah. you're just not going to eat anything anymore. Yeah. I'm going to live on rice cakes and water, right? And maybe in six months I'm going to look better. That's not healthy. Yeah, and it's kind of it was kind of like an all or nothing sort of thing. Right. Like, oh, we're going to do this extreme frugality. We're going to reach this within a, you know X number of years, and and it just turned out that it just wasn't worth the the happy our happiness, like our everyday. Ha- oh no, we can't go for coffee this morning because we're right. going. Well, you know, life is you're living your life every day in and out. And I'm not saying, you know, go blow your money every day, but um and I'm not even saying go have a latte every day, but whatever you want to spend your money on, you just pick and choose. But anyway, I'm kind of getting off topic. But obviously throughout our lives, I think we've we've come to a, a happy balance here with financial improvement where we do keep this on our our minds. Pretty much daily. Yes. You know, we, well, we have the blog now, we have the podcast, which means we're in this space and we're reading things that other people are producing. And so it's always on our minds, which it, it makes you very, as you were just saying, it makes you very mindful yes, which of is, everything around you, which is a great thing to keep you motivated and on track and to avoid those spikes and crashes that we have experienced through our lives. So I've said this before, but I've cycled in and out of credit card debt. Mm-hmm. And for no good reason. There was just no good reason I, I had credit card debt. I mean, I think I think the highest I've ever had was 20-ish, 20,000-ish. Uh, but again, that I was got, just... I got you beat there. But it was just on... I can't even tell you what it was on. It was on restaurants. It was on clothes. It was on nothing... Substantial. I can't even say. Well, I did get that one thing that I will value my whole life for ten thousand dollars. No, I can't even say that. It was just, and I, you know, that's how it usually goes. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure people are sitting in their cars saying, "Yeah, well, I put, you know, new sneakers for the kids on the credit card. I had to, you know, whatever. You, they have a birthday party they're going to. I'm gonna have to get a gift. I'm gonna have to put that on the credit card. And you just have to." Dial it back. Dial it back in a way that you're going through those line items and seeing where you can trim the fat so you don't have to put things on a credit card. But like I said, I've cycled in and out of things like that my whole life. And when we met, we well, I was in my mid-30s. So I was still, again, my whole life, two steps forward, one step back. So yeah, I saved for retirement at an early age. And then when I hit 30, bad relationship, had to end it and move out, then I was not contributing at all. So a, a good chunk of my 30s, just not contributing to my 401k or IRA at all. Which would qualify as a crash. A crash, a big crash. So, but when I started out, I was contributing 10, 15% 
maxing out my I, uh, to my 401k and then maxing out my IRA in my 20s in my mid 20s I was doing that so yeah. so huge spike at the beginning and then relationships because you can't always predict what's going to happen with your life so people coming in and out of your life they affect you in ways you you can't anticipate and things happen a breakup happens you have to move out which is what happened to me that's expensive and, and real quick talk about that yeah. To talk about that crash. And, mm-hmm. and you've mentioned it here and there on previous podcasts. But for people listening to this right now, this il- underscores and illustrates. Yeah. When you moved out, <laughs> you had nothing. I had. So describe that. I had nothing. I was in my early, well, I think I was 30, actually. 30 or on the cusp of, thir- cusp of 31. But I had, we, I lived in a beautiful suburban home with my then fiance. We broke up which was not a bad thing. <laughs> we just weren't meant for each other. Uh, but we had built a life together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a beautiful home. We had a, a, a in-ground pool that we put in. We had, you know, thankfully our finances... You were living the idyllic suburban I, I really was. I really, really was. It was like a beautiful, yes. So that right. was your spike. And that was my spike. And, now- and at the time, I was also fully contributing to the IRAs. Right. 10 to, it was bouncing between 10 and 15% of my 401k. I can't remember the exact, but again, like that's big. That's huge for someone in their 20s to do. And then 30 hits and we decide we're not going forward with the wedding. We're breaking up. I'm moving out. Well, the house was in his name only, which actually was okay with me. And I I didn't want my name on the house when he purchased it because I knew then the relationship was eh, a little shaky. And then so you're tied with that piece of property. So I, you know, I, I did put money into the house um, for down payment, but I did get that money back when when I split. But other than that, I had nothing. Like nothing. Describe I, that. Nothing is a general word. <laughs> Tell these people who are listening right now. You move out of this big opulent suburban home yes. with an in-ground pool. All of that we got. What <laughs> What was for Lisa? When she left and the next day, what was your life? Your life was literally one thing one day yes. and another the other. What was it? Well, I th- I don't even think I had a U-Haul. We packed up, my we, meaning myself, my sister, and my brother-in-law, helped me pack up like a, a trailer that my brother-in-law uses for his motorcycles. So he brought that over. I literally took my clothes. I left all the furniture. I left because I felt like they were all his. Yeah. Even though that wasn't true. So tell us about nothing. Okay. So I moved into a second floor apartment in another town, um, near nearby town, four lawn chairs, and my two cats. And that's what you had. That was it. That is it. The clothes on your back, two lawn chairs, yes. and two cats. Two cats. And I took my pillow <laughs> and that was it that now was describe your feeling sitting down in that apartment when everybody left and you're all alone well thankfully my sister stayed the first night so i wasn't all alone so that was nice <laughs> um oh i well one I, I feel like i should not have even this is part of what i what i call my 10 year long you know mistake financial mistake because at the time i had I had a, a rental house that my parents were living in. I was subsidizing them to live in that rental house uh, to the tune of like 800 a month. Right. <laughs> so 
I I had that house, but my that was basically my parents' house. And I didn't want to move in with my parents. So I felt like that was a step back. Yeah. Um, at 30. Actually, actually, I'm I'm well, I can't remember. No, that's true. That is how it went. So the, for the, the two weeks leading up to me moving out of that house, I was kind of in and out. I was sleeping at my parents' quote-unquote house, the rental house. I was sleeping at that house. But um, I, I was getting my things out of the other house. But the day I moved out was a Saturday, and that's when... Because I had a bed. I had, I had a bed delivered. I did buy a bed. And that was at the rental house. Yes. So on that Saturday, then, we moved the bed over and just my clothes and stuff from the big house. So you were starting your whole life over financially out of it. And you had nothing. Nothing. At okay. th- nothing. So what were your steps toward financial improvement? So the point in telling this is for somebody that's listening out there right now that is in a similar situation, they've left their spouse, their boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it may be, or someone died and they're starting over and they're sitting there right now. Maybe their car is their apartment. Yeah. How did you move toward financial improvement? It wasn't like you went from... Two lawn chairs and an empty apartment back to a new home again. No, it <laughs> So here are the steps it toward was, financial improvement. For me, it was a, a longer process. And for me, I was dealing with more emotional. I needed to get my... I One of the first things I did, because I, I felt like logically I should have stayed in the house with my parents that I that I had the mortgage on. And they were... Right? I mean, that would have been the smartest thing to do. But no, instead of that... For my emotional health, I moved into that apartment. Yeah. and But that heaped on more bills. However, let's stop there for a second. The emotional part of things is also part of financial improvement because emotion gets in the way of our finances yes. and can make us impulse buy. Yeah. We can get depressed and buy to buy off that unhappiness. Yes. So emotion is an important part of financial improvement. Yes. Um, so I rebuilt my life slowly but one of the first things i did was stopped contributing to my 401k altogether stopped contributing to my ira altogether uh because i was paying for a house and i was paying for the apartment i would sit there yeah i would sit there in a winter coat without turning on the heat in the apartment because i didn't know what the bills were going to be or if i was able to wow cover them so but i would sit there and i would you know i didn't have cable because i didn't know if i could afford cable i I was painting, I would paint, I would read, I would, I, I was out with friends a lot, almost every night after work. And that's, that is one thing I had. I had my job. I had a, you had a job, a job in a good, at a good company, um, same job I have today. Uh, so, so that was some stability for me. So what did you do then toward the steps of financial improvement well, to stabilize? As time went on, I started to emotionally heal there you go and become a stronger person and and realize yeah i can live on my own because that was really the first time i'd ever done that uh as that time had passed i as far as finances it really was a slow go i mean i can remember i would get a bonus at work i think the next bonus i had i paid off my car because i had a i had a car payment um, so you started tackling some debt. I did. I did. I had student loan debt at the time. Mm-hmm. I had, 
I think a total of about 25,000 when I left college. Wow. And actually that's not, I feel like that's not so bad compared to what I hear these days. But so I would, I would take that money, um, any extra money that I had, and I would put it on the lowest balance, um, right? Because it was like the debt snowball. For me, it was a bigger win. I felt good because they were spread out across several different loans. And I can't remember how that went with the government loans. And so you all started that, tackling these incremental debt. Yes. Okay. Yes. These incremental debt. But things. instead of keeping going, I um, I, I made stupid moves still. Right. And so it's not like. But that's okay. I mean, this is what we're talking. Yeah. About. No, I so know. This is it wasn't like you a, went right. You spiked. Then you got a little better, but right. you still you still cheated. Right. 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 If you keep equating this with physical and emotional health. For physical health, even though you're eating the carrots and, and everything, you still right. sneak a candy bar or a cupcake. Right. In so you cheated a little. Right. Really, in 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 hindsight, it was probably the best thing I could have done for my emotional health and for the person that I am today because I feel like I'm much stronger having had that experience living sure. on my own, doing that. Um, financially, I feel like I should have just moved into that house and paid it off yeah i could have done that pretty not pretty easily but yeah pretty easily right (laughs) over the course of a few years but um again that's not what i chose to do for various reasons at that time during that time i had a daughter right that was um an unexpected sort of thing but certainly glad she's here (laughs) (laughs) uh but uh, again, but then again, I have I've, I'm an emotional mess, uh, and I wanted to give her a home. Yes. So we were in the apartment for the first year, and I wanted to give her a real house, which is something I never had growing up, which is also part of my emotional baggage and making poor money mistake or poor money moves because. It's, it's tied up with emotion. Sure. So, Which is all part of what I was saying of financial improvement. Right. So instead of moving into the house I had already with my parents, um, or my dad had passed at that time, but with my mom, I didn't want to live there with my mom and my daughter, and I didn't want it to be the three of us women living in the house. Not that there's anything wrong with no, that, no. but it. I just didn't want that situation. So I bought another house. And I could barely afford. I could barely afford to get into it because I had the the other house that I never paid off. So you buy this new home. Yes. So you've made some. Let's make this clear for financial improvement. You've you've made some mistakes on the way, but you did a couple things in the right direction that you probably aren't giving yourself enough credit for. And this is for anybody listening out there that beats themselves up. You came out of a bad relationship. You knew it was bad enough to leave, and you fix that. Yes. So that part was fixed. You still came out with some dings and scars and still weren't making 100% better choices. You left behind a lot of money and a lot of combined wealth to go out on your own. So you made another smart move by not moving in with your parents, even though financially that would have been the best move. But this is still all part of the journey of financial improvement right? because you saved yourself mentally and you use that to kind of build up your reserves. Even though you weren't making the best 100% financial choices, you were cheating on the diet, shall we say. <laughs> so you knew enough now that you end up with a surprise daughter. Um, <laughs> you knew enough though, I've got to fix some things. I've got to make sure she has a home. I want her to have a home. And even though you had 
according to you to your previous broadcast, you you have basically around two hundred dollars in your bank account the day you closed on that home. But you have now in the long term invested in another property, and you are fixing things. It's not it's not getting the abs and the rock hard body instantly overnight. But you are making steps toward that financial improvement, even though you may not have seen it at the time. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It's and yeah, what did Steve Jobs say? You can only connect the dots looking backwards, right? You sure. Don't, you don't know. So yeah, it makes sense now what how it played out and what I did, but in the moment, it seemed like kind of a dumb move. Right, and you know? and in the depths of despair. Correct. Kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, again, same thing. I bought that house, moved into the house with my one-year-old daughter, and again, no cable. Um, kept the, I, I think it was May at the time, so we were in a shoulder season, so I didn't really need heat or air conditioning. <laughs> so I was keeping those bills, you know, pretty much nothing. Uh, and just, it was a struggle to pay, to pay everything, but I managed to do it. And I managed to... Uh, start saving little by little in my 401k again. And, you know, here we are, I guess. I mean, here we are. Then years later, I mean, it took years for me. I was in that house for years with her before we met. Yeah, so here comes the yada, yada, yada moment. And yada, right. yada, yada, right. here we are. Right. Right, right. <laughs> right. But even still, even when we met, it wasn't like 100% great financial moves. Right. I always have this thing in my head that I'm much younger than I am. Yes, me too. <laughs> So for me, I'm like, oh, we're like 25, right? <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not true. Same here. <laughs> so, and uh, that's why we were looking for an, another house, a bigger house. Sure. And thankfully that didn't work out because that's the moment when we were both finally like, we're done with these spikes and crashes. We're old enough that we need to be making smart, consistently smart moves. Yes. We have to have more hits than misses. Yes. So, yeah, we're not saying we'll never mess up, quote unquote, again. But, yeah, they we're really going to try to avoid those major misses. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think this is great. I think I think this broadcast is sending out a terrific message on financial improvement. And the fact is, it's not perfect and it's not seamless. And there are some people out there with this whole financial independence thing that make it look like it's just very easy. And there are other factors behind the scenes. Well, right. I mean, a lot of a lot of things that I've seen that that make it look easy, I guess. Or I mean, people can be quite young. They can have sure. a a high earning job, and they could have a side hustle where they're also earning additional money. They might not have children. They might not live. They might live in a tiny house. Like all those things combined, it's almost like, well, yeah. How can you not? reach financial independence and financial independence you have to have a lot less saved and or invested to reach financial independence when you're living that lifestyle right when you're living in the four-bedroom suburban home with three kids that are going to college and you know you have all the obligations that go along with that and aging parents then that financial independence number kind of spikes doesn't it right and then speaking of spikes and crashes i'll go over to me real quick to compliment your story 
and to keep this moving along. And that is, we've talked about on previous podcasts on here of, of my financial mistakes. So I'm not going to recap all those, but it was a series of spikes and crashes where I thought, okay, I threw myself into debt, had a good time doing it, and then realized, <laughs> oh, this isn't good. Got to fix myself. Got to get better. So then you get better and you come out of debt. and you. But just because you came out of debt doesn't mean you stay that way. So you have to change your lifestyle. You have to learn along the way and you're going to screw up and you're going to make mistakes. And what I would say was, is after coming out of credit card debt, then going back into student debt, but looking at that as a different kind of debt, because at least I'm getting something for that. And then I, I got a full-time job because of that student debt and a good job. Uh, then I bought a home. So I'm kind of back into the debt again. And then I had just paid off my previous credit card debt. So it was a series of spikes and crashes going up and down. In hindsight, as you said, connecting the dots from behind is, is right. looking back, as Steve Jobs said, probably should have never built my second home. I should have stayed in the first home, weathered out that financial crash. However, there were a number of things in play that I thought we were going to make a killing on selling <laughs> this house. And we did. Yeah, we yeah. bought the house for X and sold it for a lot more than X. Yeah, and thought, yeah, we're back in the financial health again. But we immediately took that money and instead of investing it, instead of doing the proper things with it and staying put, because there was really nothing wrong with our first home. Well, you wanted more land. I wanted more land, but really should have tempered myself better <laughs> and kept that first home, invested that money. Yeah, we would have been sitting really, really good. Yeah. Instead, didn't do that, bought the, the new home, built the new home, I should say, with a lot of land, ended up selling it eventually. The marriage fell apart, like right, your relationship. Right. The marriage fell apart, ended up selling the home <laughs> really not long after the crash, the real estate crash. I remember we had the house assessed before the crash and it was like jumped up like 50,000 in value. And then when the crash came, it was basically what we, we bought right. for if we were lucky. <laughs> right. So maintaining that financial health, I would say coming to meet you, you were the one that helped me continue making some good choices uh, when we discussed for financial improvement. And that was uh, with my job, got a, a really nice big paycheck. And instead of just doing X with that, you said, no, I really think you should do this. And you advised me and I shook off even more debt, which made me healthier. Yeah, I remember okay? that. I remember and, that, yeah. And we made good choices there. Then, yes, we get together, we get married, we made some good financial choices the way we got married. Oh, we yeah, saved a yeah. lot of money on yeah. that. And still had a beautiful, memorable mm -hmm. wedding that people still talk about today. And we didn't break the bank on that. In fact, we paid for it all yeah. in cash, yeah. right? No debt. We didn't take out any mm -hmm. loans. We didn't do that. So now here we are. We bought a new home this summer, okay? And yet we made a good financial move on that. And so this is all part of the financial improvement by keeping brushed up, by still doing healthy choices in our financial improvement and not backsliding. Like you said, we, we want more hits than we do misses. Right. And I think we've reached that point, but it is a constant thing to stay up on. So anyone listening, it's not like you do well and then you put it on autopilot. It is a constant thing. I mean, it is. Even like we were out today. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did a monster minute about this. If you're if you've been following me, you'll know I've in, implemented these little quick monster minutes. Um they're all over my social media. But we were out today looking for a chair for our living room and we were just at a local home improvement store and just just walking through the store there's so many things that look so cute and you know, it's all seasonal and I, I wanna get this little decoration and I wanna get 
that and I want to like like there you, there's so many things you could spend your money on. Yeah. So so many things like I want to redo our daughter's room and I want it to look so cute and I and all these things are going through my head like oh she's little but she's not going to be little forever and we're not going to have her forever. She's going to go to college or whatever. She's going to leave the nest and go somewhere else and I want to redo her room. Like these are the things that are going through my head. And you just have to like you said temper yourself and pick and choose and just keep making those smart forward um, decisions that are going to get you ultimately where you want to go. Um, I did want to talk about something called the financial gym. Sure. So I don't know if you're aware of this. Well, this it's kind of like what we were talking about. Well, it is. Yes, that's why I wanted to... <laughs> the financial gym I'm... plays right into our, <laughs> our whole health regimen here on financial improvement. Right. So financialgym.com uh, was founded by Shannon McClay, who also does the podcast Martinis and Your Money, which I absolutely... That's a good title. It is. It's great. I absolutely love that <laughs> podcast. I've been a listener... I'm not even a drinker. I, I like the title. I've been listening for years and... Um, and she, I, I just, I love what she does, and I love that she started this financial gym. I mean, it's for people f- from all walks of life with all, you know, net worth values to negative, from negative to whatever, sky's the limit. Um, they offer qualified trainers that undergo, I think they undergo like an eight-week extensive um, apprenticeship program sure. to, to be able to quali- to be qualified to, to um, be paired up with someone and help them on their financial journey. So... You know, you you don't have to live in in a city where they have a physical gym. You can do this all remotely. You can do it over the phone. You can, I think they do video conferencing, mm. um, whatever fits you. But they'll pair you up. The free phone call. You can call in. It's a free free phone call, and you can uh, you get just get a snapshot. Give a snapshot of your finances, and you'll be paired up with what's called a BFF, which is a a best financial friend, which is pretty cute. <laughs> And they'll kind of coach you through um, what you need to do to meet your goals. And I don't know. I just think it's great. They have like in-depth quarterly reviews. And I think you have access to your to It's your, your financial pers- personal trainer. It is. It That's is. what it is. That's exactly what it is. And yes. most people will say that they got into their best shape yes. when they got a personal trainer. So yeah, I, I encourage anyone who's, who's thinking of financial improvement and... Uh, maybe financial independence long term uh to just give a call and see what what they can do for you and how how they can get you on track and meet your goals it makes sense short term and long term so where where, why didn't we know about this like 10 years ago (laughs) 10 years ago 20 years ago (laughs) 20 years ago would be good yeah agreed (laughs) all right we've talked so long we've talked so much i think it was a great broadcast all right i hope they do too well you know, if you if you feel like sending an email at uh, go ahead themadmoneymonster at gmail dot com, um, you can hop over to the website and get on our email list uh, so you don't miss anything. And that's about it. That's all I have. Yeah, yeah. I th- I'm I'm excited about especially you have some great redesigns coming up yeah. on the website. Oh yes, I haven't dropped that yet, but yes, there's a there's a redesign coming up. It's been in the work works for a while now. Yeah, <laughs> I've been a little slow with uh, going back and forth with the developer, but. That's my bad. And lots of cool things to sign up for. And don't forget, if you're interested, 
check out the financial or it's the it's financialgym.com. Financialgym.com. Yeah. It sounds great. Shannon McClay. Yep. And Martinis and Your Money podcast. Martinis and Your that's Money. And I awesome. think that's a great way to end. <laughs> I know. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, head on over to iTunes and give us a like and a review. And if you want to read our blog, it's madmoneymonster.com. And we are all over social media at Mad Money Monster. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at themadmoneymonster at gmail.com.